I want to record this episode today in honor of the fact that of the 25 to 45 million people in the U.S. diagnosed with IBS, there is very little consensus or conversation out there on how IBS can be put into remission. There is instead a resignation at most, or frustration at the very least, that IBS is a permanent situation. Due to everything from doctors saying IBS is permanent to the years of struggle that people undergo, even with trying multiple routes to try and quench their IBS, so many people with IBS feel that they are stuck in their bloating, constipation, diarrhea, and food sensitivities. And the truth is, no one has to be stuck. I used to feel this way myself, but after discovering and researching my butt off on the nature and origin of IBS, I found that not only had I found the secrets, aka things not talked about on the internet or in my doctor's office, to put my own IBS into remission, but I was successfully helping others say goodbye to their IBS as well. So today's episode is dedicated to all of you out there who have ever been told by your doctor, nutritionist, family member, or even yourself that you just can't get rid of your IBS because you can. Welcome to the Better Belly Podcast, where we find freedom from food restrictions, we increase energy in our lives, and we begin to feel more healthy and vibrant than ever by finding the root causes of our health problems. My name is Allison Jordan. I'm a marathon runner, functional medicine, health coach, certified craniosacral therapist, gut health nerd, lover of Jesus, and owner of Better Belly Therapies, a clinic based in Ann Arbor, Michigan, that works with both virtual and local clients to help them achieve the best health of their life. I am here to walk with you on your journey to a better belly and a better life. We're going to go beyond popping a probiotic and just checking out our poop. In this show, we are going to go deep into gut transformation strategies that last for your entire life. If you are ready to feel your best, get ready to roll. You are in the right place. And just as a reminder, this information is not meant to diagnose, manage, or treat disease. Always consult with your own health practitioner before you make any changes to your health. So as I mentioned in the intro of today's episode, I want to talk about, can you really end IBS? Because I... While we have multiple episodes on this podcast, which I'm going to be even referencing today in case you do want to check any of them out, while we have multiple episodes on IBS and common causes of it and different ways that doctors, conventional healthcare doctors are not approaching IBS that are helpful and honestly life-changing for our clients who are working with us at Better Belly Therapies in getting them to basically have their IBS go into remission. Even though all this is out there, there's still so many of us and so many people out there who are still feeling stuck and, and honestly 
believing that their IBS is permanent, believing that they're just stuck with these symptoms. And so I wanted to just have a quick conversation on this and hopefully a quick encouragement, as well as point out some other helpful episodes from today that you can dig into deeper. But uh, as a framework before we start off this conversation on can you really end IBS, I just want to point out that IBS, it stands for irritable bowel syndrome. And syndrome is a really important word in this diagnosis because a syndrome, uh, any type of diagnosis that has that word in it, suggests that it's a pattern of symptoms that doctors can acknowledge and say these types of symptoms occurring in this type of person under these circumstances um, looks like IBS. But a syndrome does not have a singular or known cause. So for example, the flu has a pattern of symptoms such as coughing or sinus congestion or fatigue, um, uh, fever, things like that. But it also has a known cause, a virus, and even a kind of specific virus. There's preventative measures then that doctors can recommend for the flu everything from hygiene, like washing your hands, and then more aggressive measures like getting a vaccination. But IBS doesn't have a known cause, or at least it doesn't have a singular cause, something for doctors to regularly, quote unquote, go after to get their patients' results in a very expectable, way. So like many syndrome diagnoses, another common syndrome diagnosis, for example, being chronic fatigue syndrome, which can often even pair with IBS, but anybody who is diagnosed with a syndrome diagnosis, uh, those people are often given a slew of regular or common tests and treatment treatment recommendations, but they're not necessarily getting results. For IBS, the most common tests recommended by conventional doctors in the U.S. currently are colonoscopies and endoscopies. And the main purpose of these is to rule out structural GI disorders, such as an ulcer or a polyp, and autoimmune disorders, such as ulcerative colitis or Crohn's disease. This is really important that you that we can get that information from doctors and rule out bigger things or more specific things. But again, <laughs> getting a colonoscopy and endoscopy, if you really just have IBS, often is ruling out something big, but not telling you a lot about what you can be doing or should be doing for a specific individual to start feeling better. Some additional tests that might be considered by some doctors, but are not necessarily frequently done so, is a methane breath test for SIBO, an H. pylori screening, which they might do with a endoscopy, a stool test, often for parasites if they're looking for them, and then maybe pelvic floor testing for constipation primarily to see if there's any muscular dysfunction that is adding into or causing the constipation for this IBS client. Now, I have had multiple clients come to me and already say, my doctor's already checked me for pathogens. They did an H. pylori test or a stool test or a methane breath test, and it came up negative. And then we will run 
uh, functional lab tests, and we will actually find that they might be positive in those same tests that they got a negative for in with the doctor. And there's a reason for that. And so, and we actually, I talk about it on episode 31. So if you want to learn more on that as you're listening to this episode, and if you're thinking, yeah, I've I've had both the colonoscopy and the endoscopy. I've also had maybe an H. pylori screening or a stool test. Check out episode 31, which is titled, Why Your Doctor Says Your Labs Look Normal Even When You Don't Feel Normal. This is talking both about blood work that doctors will run, but it also applies to everything from H. pylori screenings to stool test screenings for parasites and why doctors aren't finding things even when something is or might be there. But that being said, those are kind of the normal tests that are being run for IBS. And then for IBS, the most common recommended treatments by conventional doctors in the U.S. currently are fiber, water, chewing food thoroughly, probiotics, stress management, the low FODMAP diet, laxatives, which is for anyone with constipation, IBS, pelvic floor therapy, again, primarily constipation, IBS, and then acid-reducing medications such as PPIs for IBS sufferers who also have acid reflux, which is a very common pairing. Um, And there's a reason why, and I actually talk about that in other podcast episodes here. But IBS and acid reflux or GERD tend to come together, so sometimes there also might be acid-reducing medication involved. Now, there are developed reasons why the conventional healthcare system is returns to these tests and recommendations for their patients with IBS. But despite the reasons for these norms with the doctors, the truth of the matter is many IBS sufferers are still not getting results. And that's what really matters, right? Actually feeling better. Well, why is that? Why are people not getting results? And then why are we feeling at the end of the day that you, I can't end my IBS, I'm stuck with it? So this is such a common problem that the individual items here are such a common problem and there's so many misunderstandings on them that I actually tackled a few of these topics at the very beginning of this podcast. Episodes two and three of the Better Belly podcast. Episode two covers why the low FODMAP diet isn't healing your gut. And episode three covers why probiotics aren't healing your gut. That's, of course, not the whole list. (laughs) I mentioned fiber and water and chewing food thoroughly, but those are two big ones that people are stuck on or commonly recommended and then feel that they're failing or they just need a better probiotic or maybe they're not doing the low FODMAP diet correctly or they're stuck on the low FODMAP diet for longer than it's even we're supposed to even be on it. And so check out those episodes if that intrigues you or you want to hear more on those specific recommendations from doctors and why they aren't working for so many people with IBS. But because doctors don't have answers for IBS sufferers, we're often left wondering, am I stuck with IBS? And unfortunately, many doctors will even hint or even straight up tell us that we have IBS and it's just something we have to learn to live with. But this is not true. I found myself asking this same question, am I stuck with IBS? 
in 2015 and 2016, which was the height of my digestive illness in my life. I was in the full swing of the low FODMAP diet. I'd been on it for over a year, which is really, it's only meant to be used for two or three months max. I was losing my hair. I was constantly tired and in pain. I was unable to sleep at night and I only wanted to sleep during the day. I was losing weight and I was also puffy and bloated at the same time. And for all of my Google searching, I couldn't find the answer to my problem of IBS until I started to find answers. And I've now helped dozens of clients do the same. I want to mention here a great podcast episode that we have, episode 79. If you want to hear a testimonial from another client of mine, Becca, who overcame over a decade of IBS problems on top of weight gain, weight gain, sleep problems, and fatigue. So you can go and listen to her story if you want to hear more about what she found and how we worked with her to overcome those things, even after she tried many, many things prior to working with us to get rid of her symptoms and problems with IBS. But to be super clear, IBS is a syndrome or a cluster of symptoms, which means that for every person with IBS, you can have a different reason or often a different complex of reasons why you are getting bloating, abdominal pain, constipation, diarrhea, food sensitivities, etc. Which means that if you have IBS and you still have symptoms regularly, despite whatever you're doing to try and solve it, it means that you're not getting at your specific cluster of root causes that are driving your IBS. Because if you do get at the root causes, your IBS symptoms do go away. That is what it means to put IBS into remission. And remission is something that you might hear about cancer. It also can be related to autoimmune disorders, if the autoimmune disorder is in a flare-up or if it's in more or less remission. Basically, I'm just saying that the, the condition and the cluster of symptoms are more or less dormant for that person. Um, as long as there's not specific things flaring it up or aggravating it, they really are dormant and they don't have to tiptoe around their body or their sleep habits or their diet habits or their travel. They're able to live a full life. Now, I've already outlined in two previous episodes some more of the science behind IBS, such as I just mentioned root causes of IBS. And if you want to hear about that, I would recommend heading over to episode 81, where I talk about the six most common causes of IBS. And then if you're interested in what hearing some more details about what we're actually doing at Better Belly Therapies to help our clients in ways that the conventional healthcare system is not, and why we're getting results, you can head over to episode 84 called End Your IBS, Craniosacral Therapy, Visceral Manipulation, and Functional Lab Testing for IBS. These, again, will all be in the show notes, by the way, so you don't have to memorize all of them. The The episode numbers and titles will be in the show notes, so just head there if any of these episodes are intriguing or sticking out to you. But basically, once you find the root cause of your symptoms, your specific symptoms, not somebody else's IBS, but your specific 
IBS root causes, then IBS essentially goes away. You may get symptoms occasionally, but they're triggered far less frequently, far less easily. The intensity is typically far less, and the duration of symptoms is often significantly shorter. I actually have two great examples of two different clients that I've worked with recently who both were struggling with constipation. And uh, I have we recently finished up working together and I'm going to call one A and one R. So I hope that's not too difficult to remember, but A and R. So both A and R came to me with chronic constipation that neither of them could budge. And these are both pretty awesome women. So my client A was a seasoned nurse with a high level of credentials and active engagement in the military. Very healthy lady, worked out every day, could get her diet down to a T, very uh, responsible and honestly impressive to me. And yet she was so frustrated that she could not get her constipation to go away unless she used a laxative, which she didn't want to have to use. My client R, on the other hand, was a young professional, and she was also strongly dedicated towards her personal health, working out, and and just being engaged in her world. Yet despite all the things that they tried to improve their health, let alone improve or get rid of their constipation, they couldn't get rid of it. So towards the end of our work together, both A and R ended up traveling for three to five days. And if you know anything about constipation, you know that traveling and regular bowel movements are really difficult, even for someone who doesn't have IBS. Within three months of working together, both A and R were having regular daily bowel movements, and they did not want that to get messed up by their trips. And so while they were both feeling much better, they they were also slightly nervous that traveling might set them back. And this gets into the, the experience of experiencing IBS in remission. They were maybe rightfully wary because they'd never been able to travel without having constipation problems. However, I was encouraging them that they had found the root causes of what was going on with their constipation and that traveling should be much, much easier. So prior to their trip, we reviewed some things that they could do if their constipation did increase due to just traveling, because as a reminder, constipation does increase with traveling, even for people without IBS or chronic constipation, and we waited for them to get back. What was so fun was that on their next coaching calls... A reported absolutely no increase in her constipation during her travels. And she, of course, she changed time zone. She was on a plane. Her fluid intake was totally different. And even her diet was a little different. And R reported that while her bowel movement slowed down a little bit on her travels, within 24 hours of returning home, she was back to a normal bowel movement routine. And she didn't have to try and do anything differently. This is what you can expect from somebody whose IBS and chronic constipation is technically in remission. It means that even if something changes a little bit, like your diet or your sleep schedule or your traveling or your normal rhythms, that you 
don't get your symptoms suddenly flaring up again. So when I'm talking about ending IBS, I'm not talking about never having, struggling with your symptom again, but I mean having margin, having honestly a lot of margin where you can do things and still feel good and not be afraid that your symptoms are going to flare up if you just think the wrong thought, which is honestly both how I felt prior to healing myself and many of my clients feel uh, prior to them finding the root causes of their gut health problems. So both of these ladies, A and R, were not only thrilled, but really surprised that they did so well after traveling because honestly, after so many years of being told by doctors that they need to chew their food more and they need to avoid gluten and they need to exercise, which I already mentioned they both did, they'd never gotten any results before. The difference was that we found the root causes of their constipation. Both ladies were a part of the foundations program and they did functional lab testing that it that is testing that's different than what their conventional doctors were doing to find the hidden invisible causes of their constipation and IBS-like symptoms. If you live in the U.S. or Canada and you are ready to find the root causes of your IBS, then I want to invite you to apply for the Foundations Program waitlist by going to betterbellytherapies.com slash waitlist. If you are ready and you don't want to wait any longer, this is your next step. You can find the root causes of your IBS and no longer wonder and be frustrated and feel like you have to do a million things right just to feel barely sort of kind of good and things then go downhill suddenly if you sneeze or 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 look at food the wrong way. You don't have to live like that anymore. You don't have to live with the low FODMAP diet for the rest of your life. You don't have to count your chews. You don't have to drink a certain amount of water or even eat a certain amount of fiber. You can be free from your IBS. And on top of that, R, who is local to our office, ended up getting three sessions of visceral manipulation at our uh, in-person office as a part of dealing with all the root causes of her constipation. She ended up having restrictions that we found around several of her organs and in her fascia of her body that were majorly impacting the natural muscular movement of her organs, which is what provides healthy bowel movements. If you're local to our office, which is in the Metro Detroit region, and you wanna be evaluated for physical restrictions in your body that could be adding to your IBS, I wanna encourage you to book a new client appointment with us at betterbellytherapies.com slash book now, or click the link in the show notes. If you're not local to our office, I have an easy to use guide for you to find your own craniosacral therapist and visceral manipulation practitioner by going to betterbellytherapies.com slash find. And again, that link will be in the show notes if you want to check it out there. And lastly, if you want to learn more on what I'm talking about with craniosacral therapy and visceral manipulation and what's a visceral restriction and why would that impact your IBS or bloating or constipation or acid reflux? What does that have to do with anything? You can check out episode 90, our Fascia 101 episode on the hidden force behind bloating and constipation, your fascia. So while you may still be prone to constipation or IBS symptoms, that you're that part of your body never changes. You do not have to be stuck with IBS daily, weekly, or even monthly. 
If or when A and R do get symptoms, they now are able to identify why, as in what caused it, they know what they can do about it to get back to their healthy normal, and when they do those things, they actually get results from their actions, which was not the case in their health when they first started working with me. So be encouraged. If you are listening to this episode today and you are struggling in your IBS, you are not stuck. You can have freedom too. There are answers. There are more answers out there than what is being talked about on the internet or in your doctor's office. And so I hope you enjoy, if anything, all the other podcast episodes that are linked to this episode. I hope you enjoy the story of my clients A&R and just knowing that there are other people out there with IBS who are finding freedom. And it is not because they are some special flower or specimen, but because they're is real science behind IBS. And if you find your root causes, not someone else's, but your root causes to your IBS, you can be free too. All right, guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed that podcast episode. I hope you were not overwhelmed, but honestly excited about all the different podcast episodes I ended up linking in here. As I was putting this episode together, I was really amazed by all the wonderful content that we have linked to this episode. And it just shows how much we are obsessed with helping people get free of IBS, constipation, bloating, diarrhea, you name it, gut health problems. We are here for you, Better Belly Therapies. If you have a question that came up during this podcast episode, or you have a topic that you really want to want to hear on the podcast that you haven't heard yet, I want to invite you to submit your question by going to betterbellytherapies.com slash askallison. You can click record, ask your question, and you may get featured on the podcast and get my thoughts directly into your burning question. You can leave... You can leave the question anonymously or with your name and email, and we would love to be able to tag you and let you know that your question was answered on the Better Belly podcast. Well, if you love this episode and you want to hear more, we have so much more coming down the line. So subscribe so you never miss a beat. And if you thought of a friend while you were listening to this podcast episode, why don't you take a screenshot and send that friend a love note to their gut? I cannot tell you how many times when I tell someone I'm a gut health therapist, someone says, oh, I know someone who needs you. So send that friend a little note saying you're thinking of them and you hope that they're encouraged today. Other ways that you can be supportive of us is by leaving a rating and review on our Apple iTunes review and also now on Spotify. If you're a regular listener on Spotify, you can leave a review there too. It will help other listeners just like you find this content and be encouraged and be inspired and honestly find answers. So if you are enjoying this podcast, I would invite you and ask you, please leave a rating and review for us. Other ways that you can stay in the conversation is by following us on Instagram at Better Belly Therapies. I love connecting with our listeners there, and it means so much if you drop by and said hi. And remember, as always, our motto, miracles are immediate, but healing takes time. Catch you guys next week. <laughs>